I guess you clicked on this because the title resonates with you. And let me tell you, first of all, that you're absolutely not the only one that feels uncomfortable speaking in front of their colleagues. In fact, everybody seems to have somebody they don't feel very comfortable in front of, whether that is a fellow Spanish colleague or Spanish speaker. Lots of people feel uncomfortable from one time or another. And there are difficult moments, stressful moments, and maybe you've even heard your colleagues actually talk badly about somebody else's English or made comments about people's English and you think, oh, goodness, what, what on earth do they think about me or what do they say about me? It's a genuine concern. I know that it's happened because it's happened with some of my clients and I really want to give this a bit of space to talk about it today because I know that it's quite a big blocker for some people and perhaps to you at some degree. So I want to focus on that and obviously primarily think about, okay, what can you do to change that? How can you start to feel more comfortable? So that's what's on the agenda today. And don't forget to stay until the end where I give you a word, structure or a phrase that hardly anybody uses, but everybody should. Business English Podcast. This podcast is designed for Spanish speaking professionals who want to speak more and speak better. Every week for 20 minutes, I give you my best tips, advice, and guidance as an expert business coach to help you improve your confidence and boost your skills in order to help you have a career that's not limited by English. And so you can do the best job that you can because I know that's really important to you. If you love the podcast, I highly recommend that you join the newsletter. I send around the newsletter every week after the episode, and it's a nice little short and sweet summary, which includes the vocabulary that I've talked about. I throw in some translations. I give you some more examples. So it's a really, really nice compliment to the episode. And best of all, it is absolutely free. As well as that, another really good reason to sign up to the newsletter is that this year I'm going to be bringing out a new online course. This course is going to be available initially in the first iteration only for people who are on the newsletter. You can sign up, join the waitlist, and you will get early access and also a special offer when it is released. So the link to sign up is in the description box. The best ways that you can help support the podcast are tell somebody about it. Tell a friend, a colleague, a family member who you think will also really benefit from this content as well. You can also leave a review, a rating or a like on your favorite listening platform. And you can donate to the podcast through Buy Me A Coffee. This basically helps support me as a creator and the cost that I have for running this podcast. And I will leave the link in the description box. Just before we move on, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Mangane or Magane. I'm, I know it's wrong. Okay, I know it's wrong. I'm really sorry. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. You're from the US and you said your podcasts have really helped me improve my English. Can't thank you enough. 
you are very welcome. I'm glad they've helped you improved. It wouldn't be as good if it were the other way around, but I'm really glad that you've been able to take something away from the episodes. Make sure you get in touch with me, Mangane, and I will send you a free business training. Get in touch with me, send me a DM, write me an email, and let me know who you are so I can send that to you. Equally, if you have left me a review before, get in touch with me because if you leave me a review, I need you to tell me it was you because I can't contact you through Apple Podcasts, unfortunately. Let's get back to the topic of today, trying to feel more comfortable in front of your colleagues. Now, maybe for you right now, this feels like a kind of really impossible task. And there's no doubt that there is a little bit of suffering that's required at the beginning. And as we say in English, there's a a nice expression, no pain, no gain. And that, that is what it's like at the beginning when you are starting to come out of your shell a little bit more and speak in front of people. It does feel terrible. I'm not going to lie to you and say that it feels nice and enjoyable because honestly, it doesn't really. So there is a fair amount of suffering that has to go on when you're trying to change this and start to feel more comfortable. And and, and don't get me wrong as well. I mean, I'm by saying comfortable, I'm not saying that you're speaking perfectly. Not at all. I mean, you hopefully you speak better and as you progress and as you keep studying English and looking at how you can communicate better, you will get better. But by all means, I'm not saying that you have to be perfect to feel comfortable. Actually, far from it. One of the things I really like about working with people is getting them to a point where they're like, okay, that didn't go very well, but that was okay. I'll do this better next time. And having much more of a neutral approach to how you've done rather than being, oh, that was terrible, I'm awful, and oh my goodness, could you hear this, and blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm the first one to be overly critical about things, so I know what that's like. In fact, I'll share with you something that happened to me recently. You might be surprised, or perhaps not, but one of the things that I think is really important is as I work with people, helping them on their communication, I feel like I should do that as well, I feel like I kind of have to keep myself on my toes, if you will. So I have a coach who helps me with my communication. And at the beginning, it was really, really, really uncomfortable. So I went there and the worst thing was it was like a huge camera and it was, we were filming, we were doing kind of media training. Maybe you could maybe describe it as that. And it was a little bit outside of my comfort zone. And the first time I went there, they're like, right, okay, give a speech. Here's a camera in your face. Here's a big screen where you can see yourself on the on the screen. And it was awful. Honestly, it was, it was really, really awful. I just was really nervous. I, I just didn't feel myself. I wasn't comfortable at all. And also afterwards, the worst part, but in a way it's the best part, is that I had to watch that back So I actually had to watch myself give some kind of speech on the spot, you know, no preparation or anything. And I was like, oh, it's terrible. This is awful. I I did this. That's really annoying. Look at me there. Oh, how awful, terrible, gross. You know, all the overly critical things. I didn't say that well. I could have said that better. And in the end, they were like, enough, enough these critical comments are not going to help you at all. 
And actually they gave me some advice, which I'm going to share with you now, which might help you if you are like this. I imagine you might be. I tend to work with people who are probably a bit like you, want to do really well, a little bit perfectionist perhaps, slightly critical, very hard on themselves, want themselves to do well, etc., etc. What they said to me was, be neutral, not negative. And for some reason that really resonated with me and actually really helps me to try and keep my own personal feedback of what I'm doing in check. Be neutral, not negative. So perhaps if you're talking about getting comfortable and speaking up in front of your colleagues a little bit more, it could be rather than, oh God, that was awful. I can't believe I said that. That was wrong. Just kind of changing the way that you talk about that. It wasn't perfect. It didn't go as well as I had anticipated. However, that was actually quite good. I'll do that again next time. Or perhaps there's nothing great about it. It was okay. I'll do it better next time. It was all right. It didn't work as well as I had hoped. But I'll try something else next time. So I think really thinking about how you talk about yourself going through this process and how you do in meetings, when you're presenting whatever interactions is that you're having, I think that being neutral, not negative really works because at the end of the day, there's no point being super, oh, I'm terrible. I can't speak English. I can't communicate with anyone, blah, blah, blah. It's not really very productive and it doesn't really help you get anywhere apart from just feeling bad and making the whole process even worse. And as I said before, there's already a lot of suffering involved. So why make it worse? Anyways, I digress slightly. You need to think about why you're uncomfortable as well. And this is really, really personal and honestly quite a deep question actually when you start to dig into it because I guess your first answer will be, well, I'm uncomfortable because I don't know as many words or my vocabulary or whatever. And those are the technical elements of it, but that's not really the reason why you feel uncomfortable. And it's not about level because I know some people who have a really high level that find it really hard to speak up or speak in front of people and equally I know people that have what would be maybe a lower level but they just kind of go with the flow they're not necessarily that bothered they just communicate and actually someone said to me before they were like oh you know I was in this meeting and I was with somebody there and I felt like we had similar levels okay so if you always find yourself comparing with other people as well that's also not very helpful but you know human and they were like, oh, you know, they, they, they kind of had the same levels as me, but they just didn't care. They were just kind of speaking, you know, they, they weren't bothered. And yeah, there are some people that are just, they're not bothered about it as much. They're like, look, I've got something to say. I've got a question that needs asked, or I need an answer to a question. So let's just get on with it. And I think that can be a useful thing. Perhaps rather than thinking about it through the perspective of, I need to say something in English or I need to ask a question in English. Perhaps thinking about it from, I've got something important that I need to say that I need to get across to these people or I've got a really important question that I need to ask. I've got to get the information to get my job done. It might help thinking about it from that perspective because it's true. You've got to get your job done. Other people want to hear what you have to say. You want to get the information you need from other people. 
So try to focus on the message, what information you need, what information you're giving, rather than thinking about everything through the lens of, oh my God, it's an English presentation or whatever. Do you see what I mean? That can maybe help you focus on the message rather than just panicking always about thinking about things in English. And a lot of what I'm saying today is really about changing the way you think or changing the habits about the way you think about what you're doing in English. So think about why you're uncomfortable. And that's very personal. And as I said, it's actually quite a deep question, to be honest. And I mean, some of these symptoms of not feeling comfortable are things like, well, just not saying anything at all. Booking meeting rooms. Yeah, that's a classic. You don't want to speak in front of other people in the office. You're afraid about them hearing you speak. Or, you know, one of those nice little pods where they have little benches and you can just kind of hide away from everybody and nobody has to hear you. Or maybe what you do is you decide that I'm going to have all my English meetings from home so I can control the environment. Maybe at the office you feel mm, less comfortable and so you'd rather just do all your English meetings at home. And on the one hand, I see where you're coming from. If there's a lot of background noise, it can be really difficult. But you're not always going to be able to take your meetings from home, right? Life is not a pod. What about if the meeting rooms are busy? Then what are you going to do? Or maybe it's that you write emails rather than picking up the phone or having a video call. You turn down invitations to do things or offers to do things because you think, oof. No, I'll just pass, pass. It's just better just not to do it. I get it. Or maybe you won't even invite certain people because there tends to be a couple of people that people feel really uncomfortable in front of. And you just won't invite them if you don't have to, obviously. You just won't invite them to the meeting because you're like, I just prefer to be there on my own because I feel like they're just going to judge me or think that my English is really bad or whatever they're going to think. Perhaps you also delegate things to your team as well, because it's just easier or delegate things to other people and you just, you know, you just don't have to do it. And those are all just ways of avoiding it because you don't feel comfortable in one way or another, comfortable with people hearing you, comfortable with speaking in front of your other colleagues. And I find that actually most people tell me they're more uncomfortable speaking English in front of other Spanish speakers than they are speaking in front of native speakers. Isn't that interesting? Even though you're all in the same boat, you're all trying to do the same thing. You'd think that people would feel, okay, well, I think people can, you know, they can put themselves in my shoes, but I know that it doesn't often feel like that. So the good way to identify, I think it's good to identify some of those habits that you have for avoiding things and saying, okay, I can see that this is something I do to avoid speaking in English or to make me feel more comfortable Because if you can identify those things, you can also measure them and say, okay, I'm making progress. If you always book a meeting room because you're not comfortable speaking in front of people, if at the end of the year you don't have to book a meeting room, well, that's progress. Because I know sometimes it's really hard to measure how well you're doing. Or maybe it's if you're turning down invitations for things by the end of the year, maybe you're accepting some. It doesn't have to be all of them, but you're just accepting some, or you're even just more open to accepting some. That's still progress. And these things take time. Like I said, it's not a, it's not a switch. It's not an overnight fix that, oh, I'm going to tell you something. And oh, now I'm comfortable in front of everybody. And I don't even think 
it is necessarily about being 100% comfortable. A lot of people say, well, just don't care about what other people think. For me, that's just like completely simplistic and just doesn't work for me to say that because it's just so far away from how I feel. You know, if I make a mistake in a coffee shop, I can just never go back to that coffee shop. But if I mess up in front of the people that I work with, well, it's a little bit more embarrassing. I have to face them again. We have to go to the same meeting every week. So it's just, it's just different in a professional environment. And there's different pressures on you in a professional environment to do well, to be competent, to come across in a certain way. So for me, not caring is not really very useful because of course you're going to care. These people are judging you about how well you're doing. Potentially they could be in charge of giving you a promotion. So for me, not caring is not necessarily the right way to look at it. But there is definitely a middle ground, right? You have to think, am I really going to let these people stop me from getting where I want to go? Because that's what it will do if you don't speak up and participate, if you don't contribute. If you're seen as being uncomfortable, that could affect things in the future. You know that. Like, it's not rocket science, is it? The more you're able to participate, connect, communicate with your colleagues the better. I think you must also be focused, and I said this a few episodes ago, in starting small. We're not expecting you go, to go from zero to, you know, Tony Robbins. I've said that before. It's not about that. It's about taking very, very small, granular steps, saying something in front of the other person or inviting that other person to a meeting, you know, the person that you don't want to talk in front of, or, you know, just starting to say a little bit more and and build that up. It's not about making huge transitions because that will feel extremely uncomfortable and it's just going to make you suffer unnecessarily. There's still going to be a bit of suffering, but you need to do it in incremental steps. You can't go from zero to a hundred. Walk before you can run, as we say. And, you know, you hear me say this a lot on the podcast, but it's a good thing to keep in mind in the back of your head. Nobody's going to die, right? (laughs) You know, if you make a mistake, if maybe something doesn't come across quite the way you wanted it to, nobody is going to die. I mean, unless you're a doctor, of course, and maybe there's a bit of miscommunication there. But, you know, I actually listened to a really interesting video. I'm going to link it here in the description box And it was by a woman called Holly Weeks. She's American. And it was at a conference a few years ago. And it was about advice for non-native speakers. And she has an interesting perspective or point of view, which I think is very useful to hear because she's talking about how she would much rather have a speech or, you know, a, a dialogue with somebody that had a lot of errors, but really interesting content than somebody who's having a long, she calls it a painful struggle, but perfect. She's like, we're content driven, not phraseology driven. We're interested in what you have to say, not necessarily how you say it. You know, meaning if there's a couple of little errors or mistakes, we'll survive, we'll live. She even goes so far as to say that From her perspective, Americans are grateful that you're even speaking English at all. I think that's a really good thing to have in mind, especially if you have regular meetings and you have to speak often with people. 
giving yourself a bit of a break and also trying to focus on the content. This is a little bit like what I was saying before. I've got an important message. I've got something that I really want to say or tell people or let people know about or get people's opinion on rather than, oh, I've got this message that I need to share in English. To wrap up then, before we move on to the last section, think about why it is really that you feel uncomfortable. Because it's not just about the vocabulary. It's not just about the expressions. There's something else going on there. And maybe that helps give you a bit of insight into that. Also try and identify some of the symptoms that you have of when you feel uncomfortable, how you make yourself more comfortable avoiding things, avoidance tactics, and try and pinpoint those. And then you can see if you're making progress because your aim is to do those things less or at least work towards doing those things less. Small steps, walk before you can run, try to speak a little bit more in front of the person you don't feel comfortable doing, try to do a slightly uncomfortable task every week. doesn't have to be every day even. It could be just every week or whatever, but small steps doesn't have to be big leaps. Being comfortable is absolutely not the same as being perfect. And what you really want to try and work towards is a place where you are confident enough, comfortable enough in the majority of situations without feeling this need to be absolutely perfect and not making any mistakes. And if you are like me, one of these people that's really overly critical and that holds you back a little bit, try the neutral, not negative approach. It really works for me. I mean, it might not. And that's the thing. I hope some of these things resonate with you. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But you need to try and find some things that resonate with you to help you kind of see things from a different perspective or look at things with a different, different pair of eyes even. All right, let's wrap up with a word structure or phrase that hardly anybody uses, but everybody should. Love this one this week. One of my favorites. I noticed that I use this, but other people don't. And actually, I think maybe it might be a bit difficult for you to understand this one. So I just want to just go over it now. So the phrase is may as well or might as well. Perhaps when you're in meetings, you hear people say something like, well, we may as well just do it. We might as well invite Anna to the meeting since she's going to be at the event anyway. So we use may as well and might as well. Might as well is more common for making suggestions. Things that we think are the easiest or most logical course of action. So let's imagine that example that I just gave you there. You're arranging a meeting and you're deciding who's going to come. Perhaps one person says, oh, I think we should invite John from HR. And I say, oh, well, I think, yeah, I think it would be a good idea to invite Sarah too. And then you might say, yeah, we might as well invite John as well. So it's along the same lines as saying, I think it's a good idea. It's not quite as positive a phrase. It's kind of more neutral, but something you think is a logical and easy thing to do. Yeah, we might as well invite Sarah because I think she'll be a key person in that conversation. So you might follow it up with a reasoning as well. I'm going to be sharing some more examples of the might as well and may as well in the newsletter this week. And I'll also share some of those tips that I've been talking about as well. If you want to get that, make sure you sign up before this Friday at 10 a.m. And don't forget that as well, if you're on the newsletter, I'm going to be telling you about how you can join my brand new online course this year, which is only going to be for newsletter subscribers. And it's going to be all about helping you to do these things, to speak up 
to say things at work, participate more, contribute more. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, sign up to the newsletter and you'll get all the details. Thank you so much. And I'll see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye.